Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Five sixty, the Joe Radio Rewind. Running back some of the best you've heard here on five sixty over the past twenty four hours. Where yet? I'm Dan Day, omnipresent on social media at Dan Day Radio. Whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, hit me up. We'll ride and slide all around. And we're going to be riding and sliding with some Joe Rose Show. In just a couple of minutes, we're going to hear them talking about the Dolphins' newest addition, Isaiah Wilson, with Cameron Wolf. Greeny, he is talking with Dan Orlovsky about Dak Prescott. And then Hawk and Crowder, they're rubbing elbows with Clay Ferrero about Myers Leonard's maybe slip of the lip. Let's slip into these headlines right now, though. The Dolphins and Titans are in talks to send first-round O-lineman Isaiah Wilson and a 2022 seventh-round pick to Miami for a 2021 seventh-round pick. Wilson must pass the physical for the deal to go through. Sources report that Dak Prescott and the Cowboys have reached a four-year, $160 million deal. $126 million is guaranteed, and he gets a $66 million signing bonus. Four-star running back Cody Brown has committed to Miami. The Georgia prep star was originally committed to Tennessee. The Heat are rumored to have increased interest in Magic forward Nikola Vucevic. Miami resumes play Thursday against Orlando. In spring training baseball, the Marlins tied the Cardinals yesterday 7-7. Miami plays tomorrow against the Astros at 6. Inter-Miami has signed Lewis Morgan to a contract extension. Details on the club MVP winger's deal have not been released. The Panthers play Columbus tonight at 7. Florida is currently third in the Central Division. The U takes on FAU tonight on the baseball diamond. First pitch, Mark Light Field, pretty much now, 6 o'clock. Les Miles is no longer the head football coach at Kansas after it was revealed he had inappropriate behavior with a female student while coaching at LSU years ago. Miles was 3-18 in two seasons at Kansas. And now, let's go ahead and take a step into the day spa. <sighs> a North Carolina woman who was an adopted child began digging into her past only to find that her biological father was a murderer. Does this give her carte blanche? MyTrueGreenLawn.com is offering $1,000 to play cornhole. Does beer come with that deal? A Chinese zoo is garnering hate after it was exposed as having a domesticated dog featured in its wild wolf enclosure. Worst zoo ever. A mom here in America has her seven-year-old daughter pay her bills. Mmm, my hot mess of the day. Ah, when you wake up in the morning, you might be a hot mess, but you can get some sanity in your life or maybe insanity in your life, depending on what day of the week it is. With the Joe Rose Show weekdays from 6 to 10 earlier, Joe, Zach, Hollywood, they're talking with Cameron Wolf about Isaiah Wilson, a little Van Noy surprise, and who do the Dolphins draft?
Cam, no days off, even though you're a new dad. You got to do both jobs now every single day, 24 <laughs> hours a day. Cam, thanks for the time this morning. And uh, how about that trade yesterday? What would you think about it? Isaiah Wilson coming to the Miami Dolphins for just a swap of seventh-round picks. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, it's the quintessential you know, definition of a buy-low, you know, uh, low-risk type trade for the Dolphins and and Chris Greer and Brian Flores have kind of made their made a, a routine of sort of taking chances on guys giving them second chances you know uh they did it with Mark Walton they did it with Robert Nkandichi um they did it with Lynn Bowden um guys who sort of wore out their welcome in their first place and you hope that you get the talent out of them and not the off the field issues so that's the same thing with Isaiah Wilson he's a guy who was a first round pick last year I had heard the Dolphins liked him in the draft. Uh, he might have been an option for them in the second or third round um, if he didn't get taken by Tennessee. But now he, he had a really rough year, like rough, rough year in Tennessee. And Miami essentially gets him for free and see if they can fix him. Cam, uh, let, let's move on to uh, the other surprise here recently. How surprised are you on Kyle Van Noy? Or did you see that one coming? I can't say I saw it coming. It makes sense to me once I think about it, honestly, because I think he had an up-and-down year. And at $12.5 million a year, I think that they can get better value with that money. Um, but I just didn't expect them to move on from a deal, four-year, $51 million deal after one year. And I don't think that was their intention either when they signed it. So clearly he he didn't live up to their expectations and or the cap situation sort of forced their hands because they didn't intend for him to only be here one year when they signed Cam, I think you'll agree with this. You know, with Kyle Van Noy gone and and being that unique linebacker that Coach Flores is looking f- that can do a lot of different things and all the injured linebackers that we had last year, I think we're going to draft one pretty high. I think people are going to be a little surprised by that. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think when you look at where the Dolphins roster is, I think this is a big offseason for them to fix the offense. But that one position, if you're looking at the defense side of the ball, is that linebacker slash edge position. Um, <clears throat> they can upgrade at either spot and maybe both spots. And that's sort of the benefit of having two first-round picks and two second-round picks in this draft. You can hit multiple needs. So, yeah, I think when you look at you know some of the options there at linebacker, there's plenty of versatile linebackers, which you can probably find in the second or third round. There's also some playmaking you know, linebacker slash edge rushers that you can find in the first round um, that maybe they want to use for the 18th pick. So I definitely wouldn't be surprised if you see them use one or more multiple of their day one and two picks um, on that linebacker edge rusher uh, spot. All right, so if the third pick overall stays put for the Miami Dolphins and wide receiver uh, is maybe that first priority for this team to get at that spot. What's your order right now in your own Cam Wolf, you know, order of wide receivers that you'd like to see the Dolphins take at three? Yeah, my guy is Devontae Smith, number one. Uh, I know I'm maybe a little bit in the minority there. Uh, everybody talks about him being, you know, 120 pounds or whatever. Uh, but <laughs> I, 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 I love. Uh, I, I love. You're a bad man, ball, Cam. Man. <laughs> bad guy. That's, 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 every time I mention Devontae Smith's name, everybody talks about how, you know, my daughter probably weighs more than him. Um, and uh, I was like, man, uh, I, I don't really care how much he weighs, man. He played in the SEC. Um, he took up the, co- the competition against Ohio State, Clemson. He played four years in Bama and looked great. Only got hurt one time. It was the last game of the year when he uh, broke his finger on a, on a drop pass. I, he's special. And I love Jamar Chase, too, but, you know, Devontae Smith's ability to separate, his speed, his smoothness, his route running, in combination with Tua and the chemistry with him, for me, that would be my number one option. So 
I have, you know, uh, Devontae Smith, number one, Jamar Chase, number thir- two, and then uh, Jalen Waddle as number three as my, uh, my desired, you know, top three desired receivers for Miami. You wouldn't be completely surprised if we saw the Dolphins move out of that third pick, right? You wouldn't be surprised no. to see him. I, I think it could happen. No, if, in fact, in fact, I, I, I think if you're handicapping things, I might say that the, it's the favorite for it to happen if there's a buyer. You know, I think if you're looking at Miami, they're in a really, really good spot. You know, not too many teams, 10-win teams, have two top 20 picks without a, you know, uh, must-get-need. Usually, you have, okay, this team has to get a quarterback or they have to get an offensive tackle. Yeah, we'd like for them to get a receiver at number three, but if they ended up getting one at, you know, eight or 18, then it wouldn't be the end of the world. So I, I think you're looking at a situation for me. Um, Todd McShay in ESPN did a mock draft the other day where he had the Dolphins train back to number eight with the Carolina Panthers and still getting Devontae Smith. And I think that would be a dream scenario. If you, if you trade back four or five spots, still get get one of those, you know, three receivers, ideally one of the two between – Smith and Chase, then then you pick up a first round pick probably next year, and you're you're in great shape. So I think they definitely explore that trade back market, uh, but it takes two to buy. So they have to get something of value and feel good that their guy or one of their guys is still going to be there if they move back a few spots. Cam, the uh, the Tua situation here. I know the team told you you talked to GM and head coach. That two is our guy. That we're building around Tua. You still believe yeah. that a hundred percent, or you think something else could jump up? What do you expact? Hey, man, if I if I believed it a hundred percent, I would be in a different business. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think that you you can you take what people tell you at value to an extent. Um, I think that the Dolphins' plan and everything I've heard from directly from Brian Flores and Chris Greer and from other people inside the building privately is that they have been planning for Tua Tungvaluwa to be their starting quarterback. Um, everything that they've done um, as far as offseason moves, as far as you know, planning for free agency in the draft, has been with the mindset that Tua is their starter. Um, so I think that that's the plan. I don't think it's some secret where they're secretly planning for to draft a quarterback or they're secretly you know, making their roster up for Deshaun Watson. I think that they're planning for Tua. Now, can that change? Absolutely. I think Deshaun would be the one plan changer if things you know, came into that respect. But right now, the Texans aren't even considering offers. He isn't really even on the market. And I think that there's definitely a real possibility that the Texans keep, the, keep him through the draft. And if they keep him through the draft, then that sort of ends the Miami Deshaun Watson talk. So I think that, you know, it's Tua unless, and, and this is a big if, Deshaun becomes available and then they, they certainly would listen. Is there a blatant number two uh, priority position for you if wide receivers won in the draft that the Dolphins need <coughs> to upgrade with that second pick? Like, if they get to 18 and there's a linebacker there, there's a pass rusher there, or there's a certain running back there that you might like. Are you are you okay taking a running back at 18, even if there might be another uh, position player like a linebacker or a defensive end there or edge rusher there that you like? Man, it's tough because you know it's that that position, the value of it um, has really been beaten up over the last you know five or ten years. I mean, Najee Harris, I think he's a first round talent. He would right. probably be the only one I would take in the first round. And I think that's the one you were mentioning. At 18, I think it, you know, it could be a little high, but you've probably got you know, Pittsburgh back there at 24, or Buffalo at 30. So I don't know if you can wait if he's your guy. So it just depends how you feel about Najee Harris. I, don't, I think if they took him at 18, I don't think it would be a big reach. Uh, I think that's probably his ceiling. 
Um, but for me, if I was, you know, if you're actually GM Cam Wolf, I yes. think there isn't a huge drop off for Javante Williams, the uh, North Carolina running back that you probably get in the second round. And for me, I probably um, wait to the second round and get him, and then maybe use that that other first round pick on on that defensive player, that linebacker, that edge rusher um, that could be a playmaker on the other side of the ball. They got some dollars there. Do do they go after a, a big free agent and spend some money on on one person? You expect that or not? I think they'll be aggressive for sure. I don't know if they end up making that splash. Um, ultimately, I think a lot of it's probably going to depend on. Um, who hits the market? You know, we're looking at, you know, there's a few receivers out there that would be intriguing. You know, Chris Godwin, he's probably my favorite receiver out there available for the Dolphins. I don't know if he's getting tagged. There's been some reports that he might, but they also have a, a couple other guys. You know, Allen Robbins is another one. He's been trying to test the market. So if one of those guys hits the market, um, they're probably making $20 million a year once they get signed. Do the Dolphins want to commit $20 million a year to a receiver? Um I think they'd love to have that receiver, but I don't know if they're willing to spend 20. So I think I think that's the, the big question there. I do think they'll be aggressive in adding really good players. It's just what level. You know, I think they – I would I would, wouldn't be surprised to see them more on the level of, you know, the 10 to $12 million guys. You know, maybe a Corey Lindsey or a David Andrews at center. Or if you're looking more at a receiver, a Curtis Samuel or a Nelson Aguilar or a T.Y. Hilton. Guys are probably 8 to $10 million or 8 to $12 million range. For me, I think that's probably more likely where they end up in the free agency market. How do you feel about Preston Williams coming back for year three, missing half the season of first two? How do they treat him coming back with all that talent and expected to be 100%? Yeah, man, you can't count on him. Honestly, I'm just being frank. I mean, he's been hurt, and I know it's not his fault, two season-ending injuries on sort of fluke situations, um, but you can't count on him to be a significant contributor going into the 2021 season. I think you have to treat it as if he, if he is, then it's an extra benefit for us, but I don't think you can plan your roster around a guy who, who hasn't finished the season yet as a pro. So, if I'm the Dolphins, I have him come in as a backup, playing behind Devontae Parker and his position, and you hope between those two receivers you get 16 games worth of really good production because both of those guys have had injury issues. And then you try to add on the other side, whether it be the other side of the starting spot or the slot spot. So for me, I don't think you can count on uh, both Preston and Devontae to be 16-game starters. You hope that combined – they put it together. Cam, always great having you, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming Thanks, on this Cam. morning. Get back to being a father now, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Appreciate you, fellas. Joe Rose knows the Dolphins inside and out. Heck, he caught Dan Marino's first touchdown pass as a pro. So be sure to listen to him mornings from 6 to 10. It'll get you off on the right foot. And then you can just keep the good vibrations going with Greeny. Here he is with Dan Orlovsky. Too much is given, much is expected. And when you pay X player X amount of money, the expectation is risen. More NFL breakdown with Greeny next here on 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Running back some of the best you've heard here on 560 over the past 24 hours. Aloha, it's Dan Day. Had to play some Death Cat for Cutie lead singer Ben Gibbard's solo stuff. Proxima B. It's a really cool song about there being another planet that could be very much like Earth that could support life and maybe just go in there and starting anew. Ben Gibbard really speaks to my soul. I oh, love him and Death Cab for Cutie. Also, love Greeny. Legend in the game. He is on from 10 to noon right here on 560 The Joe. Always has some of the best guests like right now. Talking with former QB and ESPN analyst Dan Orlovsky about 
Dak Prescott's expectations? Are the Cowboys the team to beat now in the NFC East and the Seattle situation? Good morning again, Dan Orlovsky. Good morning, Greeny. Great to be with you, bud. Also, if you ever, if you've never told your kids to say hi to their knee, I'm disappointed. <laughs> yes, again, your kids are a lot younger than mine. I don't have a recol- <laughs> an active recollection of that, but I'm sure yeah. I did 18 years ago or something like that. But and you know, Hembo, he's a fit little son of a gun, and on we go. All right, so let's get to business. So, so let's get through all the easy parts of this. We're all incredibly happy for Dak Prescott. Good for him. It's generational money. He stood up to the system. We get all of that. Let's let's put all of that on the table. You smashed an egg on your own head on television this morning, so you have now accepted all of the wrath of all of the haters out there. So all that yeah. has been tabled. Now let's get to the bottom line of it here. When you get paid like Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson get paid, people are going to expect you to play like those guys. Can Dak Prescott do that? He never has. He never has. And so I said this on the show yesterday. Too much is given, much is expected. And when you pay X player X amount of money, the expectation is risen. And now we are all going to ask Dak Prescott to do something he's never done. Okay, 2016, the rookie season, he's really, really good. Only 22 touchdowns or something like that, four picks. Like, he was the fourth-round pick of a very good roster, okay? Like, he stepped in and played good football. Ever since then, he's been good. But he's never carried the team. Two years ago on the road against your New York Jets, Tyron Smith is out. The Jets were awful. Got to win that game. Can't because Tyron Smith is out. Two years ago, he's playing bad football. They got to go trade for Amari Cooper. Now he's starting to play good football. So at some point, there's going to be moments where Dak Prescott is going to have to carry the team. Guys are out. Guys aren't playing well. Defense stinks. When you pay him that much money, he's got to be the absolute difference maker. And we've never seen Dak Prescott be a difference maker. We've seen him be good. We've seen him be, play good football. We've seen him have really good stats. We've never, seen him, we've never seen him be the absolute difference maker. See, this is where it gets complicated because the stats would suggest, and, and you know the man sitting to my left, Hembo, who was constantly mm. throwing statistics at you and me and everybody else, is going to point out that Dak's numbers – do put him in that stratosphere, that that his QBR, for example, which is the ultimate measurement of a quarterback's impact on winning, was as good as Deshaun Watson's, that he is, the numbers are that good. So what is it you're seeing? I I trust you more than I trust numbers. Tell me what it is we're not seeing. I'd say this. I've I've never witnessed Dak Prescott take over the football game uh, against a a meaningful opponent where you're like, oh, wow. Uh, here we go. We're on the road in, in, a, in a game where two years ago on the road against Philadelphia, they're a bad football team or an average football team, and they got to go win, and it's a one-score game in the fourth quarter. Come on, man. Like, go be the guy. Go be the absolute guy that we like, when you get the football, we believe you're going to get it done. Like, we just know you're going to get it done. And we just haven't seen that stretch. And I think that we've seen quarterbacks um, that get that payment of, Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson, that we believe that. Like, we just know that. I'd ask around. I would challenge everybody to, outside of Cowboys fans, ask your buddies who watch football religiously or people within the NFL, if we, if Russell Wilson or Tom Brady or Drew Brees or uh, uh, Deshaun Watson or even Lamar Jackson get the ball late in a football game, do we have memory of them being the person we were like, doesn't matter, that game's over, that quarterback's got the ball. We don't have that memory with Dak Prescott. That hasn't happened. You could throw the stats out there all you want. I could throw stats back, too. So um, I just don't think I've seen him be 
um, a player that we that we point to and say can't survive without him. Dan Orlovsky with me on the Goodyear Hotline on ESPN Radio. The number against it is, and you pointed it out on TV this morning. In the last four years, when Dak Prescott is the starting quarterback, the Cowboys are seven and eighteen against winning teams. And in those games, he has 37 touchdowns and 36 turnovers. So that is what it is. You're right. We can make numbers say a lot of different things if we want them to. Bottom line, how good are they? The Cowboys, to me, are a mess. I think Washington is, my personal opinion, a much better team. We don't know who their quarterback is yet, and neither do they. That'll probably get figured out in the next week or so with free agency, and maybe it's someone like Ryan Fitzpatrick or Marcus Mariota. But who's the best? Who's the team to beat in that division next year, Dan Orlovsky? I say it's the Cowboys. The fact that we're having a conversation is a joke. They just paid their quarterback $160 million. Mm. This should be a no-brainer. I say it's the Cowboys, but it's not an overwhelming say for me because <clears throat> I don't know what's going on at the quarterback spot with Washington, like you pointed out. I don't know how healthy Saquon Barkley is. I can tell you this. If they, I believe they're going to franchise tag Leonard Williams, the Giants, and Daniel Jones stays healthy, and they get one receiver, Saquon Barkley is healthy, I like the Giants. I really do. I believe in that defense. I think that Daniel Jones has the opportunity to take a step with another offensive piece. And if Saquon's healthy, I like the Giants. If Washington somehow gets a difference maker at quarterback, I like them just as much. The Dallas Cowboys defense, I sat on your show last year around this time and said the Dallas Cowboys defense was going to be boo-boo. And I got so much flack for it. The Dallas Cowboys defense was boo-boo. And so it's still the same defense. And so I, the Cowboys are the favorite because they have Dak and there's unknown with the other two teams. That could very easily change in two months. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the Giants, by the way, um, about a lot of things. But it is Washington I like, and I will tell you why. Now, granted, 7-9 and nine won the division last year, but it was Washington that did it, and they had the worst quarterback play in the NFL last season. By QBR, they had the worst quarterback play in the sport. They, they practically have nowhere but up to go, and they managed right. to win the division. And they've got great pieces on defense. At least one, I have two good Greeny, running backs. The podcast. They have a good young receiver. Add a few pieces here or there. I kind of like Washington in that yeah. spot going forward. I, w- I would agree with you. I-, I would say that Washington is three, two impactful players on offense, three good players on offense from me believing in them. Yeah. They need to get a one offensive lineman that I think is a good player. Like, like a, you're a starting, starting, like a quality starting offensive lineman in the NFL. They need another receiver outside of Terry McLaurin. Now, Harmon's coming back. We'll see if he's healthy. They've got a good slot. Um, you know, the tight end position is something that surprised some people last year with um, their performance. And so I think a good offensive lineman, a court, like a court, we, that's the thing, Greeny. We just don't know. And so I'm a huge fan of Washington. I think both teams are better coached. I think both teams have more reliable front offices. That's a lot saying Washington. I believe in Martin Mayhew there. So, I think both teams are better coached, but we still have question, a question mark at the most important spot. And the, again, the Giants have the longest odds, according to William Hill, Hill at Caesars. What are they again, Hembo? What are the Giants? They, almost like five to one. Almost five to one. I would one bet that. To, to I win that division. That. Me I'm too. not a gambler. I would bet that. It could be an interesting way to uh, you know, sneak a good little bet there. Uh, Greening with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Okay. I want to ask you about one other situation. And that is this thing in Seattle. So for those who didn't see it, the Seattle Seahawks sent out a letter to their season ticket holders. Just a thing about next, you know, teams, if you've ever been a season ticket holder, you know, you get letters from the team from time to time. 
And in the letter, they mention, I believe, five different active players on the team. And one of them is not Russell Wilson. Now, Dan, you played in Indianapolis. Uh, There were no circumstances. You tell me, or I'm going to ask you a rhetorical question. You played in Detroit. Would those teams have ever sent a letter to their season ticket holders that did not mention Peyton Manning or Matt Stafford if they did mention players in the letter? Would that ever happen? And understanding that the answer is going to be no, what should we make of the fact that Seattle did that? Seattle wants to Seattle wants to dance. They want to play hardball with Russell Wilson. You want to leak all that stuff? You want to make all those statements? You want your agent to throw out teams there? Fine. We'll play that way as well. We're sick and tired of it, Russell. That's what I think they're saying. We're not you're not above the team. You're not above our organization. We love you. We think you're a great player, but we're not going to allow you to dictate to us how this is going to go. I've said this for weeks. He wants out. He wants out now. This isn't about football. This is about getting out. And I think the Seattle Seahawks are starting to sit there and go, we're not going to let you to control the narrative. Dominique made an interesting point about this. You, you ask yourself, why does he want out of Seattle? Here might be a reason that, that Dominique was su- supposing that Russell may look at this as though he was waiting out the Brady, Peyton Manning era. Like those guys were going to be Aaron Rodgers. They were going to be the best quarterbacks in the sport. And then he was going to be next. And he kind of got jumped. Like, it went right from those guys to Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson and Josh Allen. We talk about all these guys, and Russell is saying, what about me? I was supposed to be the face of the league, and maybe the fact that I play on a team where the coach wants to run the ball so much is part of the reason why I'm not viewed that way. I'm good enough to be, and I want to be. Kind of made some sense to me. What do you think of it? Yeah, I absolutely think that's a layer to it, because he doesn't want to be the guy that uh, we we have the asterisk attached to. We say Aaron Rodgers is the best ever, one of the most talented ever, but why did he win only one Super Bowl? You know, and I think that he's sitting there going, I don't want to be, man, Russell Wilson is one of the best we've ever seen, but why did he win only one Super Bowl? And I think that they don't want to be Tom Brady, 2019 Tom, Tom Brady, where you're, you're with a football team that you know is not good and you got no chance to win. You're still good enough, but you know the team isn't. Um, and I, I just think there's so many layers to it, Greeny, outside of, you know, um, just, hey, my offensive line doesn't block well enough for me. I think it's bigger than football. I think it's bigger. It's as big as Russell Wilson wants to be the Magic Johnson of the NFL, and he wants his brand to be huge. I, I think that it makes a lot of sense. And frankly, I don't criticize it if that's how he sees it. Dan Orlovsky, you were terrific this morning, as always. Thank you for making the time. I'll see you soon. You're the man, Greeny. Thanks, brother. Later, Hembo. The football season never ends, and Green is always going to have you covered. Hawk and Crowder, the fun never ends with them. They're talking to Clay Ferrero. But I think you would agree, not a good look for Myers Leonard. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much base level what you have to start with. I mean, we'll, we'll obviously see what, what comes out of that. A Ferrero side chat in just a few minutes, right here on 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. 560 The Joe Radio Rewind Running back some of the best you've heard here on 560 Over the past 24 hours What up? I am Dan Day in just a few minutes Doug Plagan's going to have the call of the Panthers game But first let's get to some Hawk and Crowder They're talking with Clay Ferraro About Myers Leonard and his slip of the lip The NBA All-Star Game and the Heat's free agent hunt Love me some run DMC This is an all-time banger This is a great great song All generations Great song you remember this music video by any chance? No. Absolutely. I was probably one or two years old. Do you remember? Uh, let's bring on Clay Ferraro here. I'll give you your 
I'll give you your official intro here in a second, Clay. But do you remember the uh, Run DMC It's Tricky video? I don't remember the video. I remember the song, obviously. I think the video, weren't they in a helicopter? Or am I thinking of a different I mean, you song? seem to be the only one in this conversation that remembers the video. So, I, Well, <laughs> maybe I don't, because now I'm looking it up, and I'm, <laughs> I'm not certain that it's what I thought it was. <laughs> I love that. You, you First, you ask Channing if he remembers it. Then you ask me if I remember it. And then you ask us if it was in a helicopter after we tell you, no, we don't remember it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not certain that I remember it. I don't think it's in a helicopter. <laughs> well, welcome to my life, Clay. Welcome to my life. All right, let's bring on Clay Ferrero here officially. Clay Ferrero, sports anchor and reporter at Local 10 here in Miami. There's a little bit of a uh, story brewing with Myers Leonard of the Miami Heat. He uttered on uh on one of these video games what what video game was he on twitch solana is that what uh what was happening there yeah i'm looking at the video now i won't play the audio but it sounds like he's playing warzone a call of duty warzone so he's a big gamer and he uh he calls someone a very derogatory term for a jewish person and uh it is it's like spreading like wildfire not a good look for Myers Leonard I don't I don't I mean I don't really have a question for you Clay but I think you would agree not a good look for Myers Leonard Uh, yeah I mean that's that's pretty much base level what you have to start with I mean we'll we'll obviously see what what comes out of that what what he has to say because I I mean I I don't know how something like that comes out and you don't address it at some point very soon but um, yeah I mean I I think it's going to be going to be something that we're going to have to hear about from him very very shortly. He uh, I'm imagining Crowder and I were talking about it like he's going to say I I didn't know what that word meant because it's certainly not a word that's used often but man if you're using it then you're around people that are using it if you don't know what it means very uh it's the K word for all my Jewish friends. And and, and he's injured too. Like I know injured guys don't have to talk or not supposed to talk. They they're, they're going to make him come talk out of that protocol because because of this, like the Heat have to jump on top of this, right? Well, that's that's a, a good question. I didn't even thought about that. The fact that uh, you know when you're when you're injured, you're not part. Of, but I thought he didn't he meet with the media a couple weeks ago. I thought even though he was hurt, he was he he was talking about what he was doing behind the scenes. So it may be one of those things where I don't know that you can force someone if they're in that in that position. But but I would think that. Man, if you're if you're Myers Leonard, you you would have to try to get out in front of this as as soon as possible. So yeah, I well, don't know. I, I don't know I what think, the um, yeah. Go ahead. I think the course of action. Did you see Papa John uh, yesterday? Uh, the course of action is what was it? Twenty months, Crowder. Twenty months yeah, to, to rid yeah, your vocabulary. He's been training the N word <laughs> out of his vocabulary for twenty yeah, months. Yeah. That's Papa John. So I would imagine Myers Leonard uh, can do the same with the K word. Uh, twenty months. So uh, we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk with him in twenty twenty three, and we'll see how things are going. Uh, Clay, did you watch any of the NBA All-Star game on Sunday? I don't know if this even appeals to you or not. I love All-Star weekend. I love the NBA All-Star weekend. I like Saturday night usually more than the game on Sunday, but it was all, you know, contracted into one one evening this season. So did you watch any of NBA All-Star Sunday? I, I watched a little bit of the game, and then it became pretty clear that uh, that LeBron, the GM, was so far superior to Kevin Durant, the GM, <laughs> that uh, it wasn't even worth watching anymore. But it was fun watching Steph early. I, that, that was the one thing I took out of it in the, the three-point contest, too. Is I, I think we kind of forgot just how good great and how fun he is and you know that Warriors team I think because they went the other way and 
kind of became the, the 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 New York Yankees of the NBA for a little while when Kevin Durant joined them. Like we kind of forgot how fun that rise was and some of the stuff that they did that kind of revolutionized what the NBA was. And um, so that part was fun. But you know, <laughs> beyond that, it became pretty clear pretty quickly that uh, that that wasn't going to be much of a contest. And, uh, so we went we went on about our work of what we were going to do for Sports Sunday. And, and Clay, do you even watch the I, get the people that talk about? Oh, no defense is played. Do you even go into the All Star game expecting defense to be played? It's not like this is the third year of the All Star game. We've been watching this thing since we were kids. Yeah, I mean, I no, I don't. And I think some of that stuff, like you're you're watching because of of the high wire acts and the fun stuff. And like I'm with I'm with Hawk. I like the Saturday night stuff better. And then this year the the pool for the the dunk contest. I mean, last year it was Derek Jones Jr. and Aaron Gordon, and this year it was like, okay, you got some players who you know may eventually turn into to household names, but it just wasn't it wasn't what it was in the past. And, and I'll say this about the whole defense thing: I, I feel like part of that, you know, it was going away anyway. But I think part of that went away once you lost kind of this East versus West stuff. And and part of that was look again. I mean, it's not like they were playing a whole lot of defense before. But I remember Michael Jordan would would talk trash about Kobe and and being the young player on on the rise and wanting to hold him to a certain number and then uh, I remember very distinctly that when Shaq was a rookie it was like the Western Conference centers got together and said we are not going to let him do anything we're gonna we're gonna make his life miserable in this game so there used to be a little bit of that that rivalry feel, kind of like the American League National League was for years in the in the baseball All Star game, but all that stuff has kind of gone away, and so I think it's kind of hurt a little bit of the the interest and the excitement in the game itself. But that Saturday night used to be fun, and and I loved the three point competition That's even fun. this Sunday night. Yeah, it was fun. Um, Clay Ferrero is with us from Local Ten. Would Blake Griffin have interested you as a Heat fan? Not really. Not really. Did yeah. you see the video that was on Twitter about Eric Reed, like just putting all the? Oh, the, I mean, uh, tortured him the entire game that they played. I mean, just eviscerated Blake Griffin. <laughs> like our, our producer Dookie like as a saying, and he's right. Like the, immediately when somebody says no disrespect or with all due respect, they're immediately about to disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it felt like everything that he said was no disrespect. He, he used to be one of the best players in the league, but <laughs> dot dot dot. And so right. it was, it was, I, I was dying. But I I don't know what he would have brought to this team. And and frankly, I, I'm not sure what he's going to bring to Brooklyn. I thought they said something about playing like a, a small ball five off the bench. But that's kind of you know when you're looking at the buyout market in the NBA, Bobby Marks wrote something the other day about just how little production teams get out of players on the on the buyout market. Morris helped the Lakers a little bit last year, but that's kind of like the tippy top of what you can get. I mean, there's a reason why Blake Griffin was bought out. There's a reason why the Pistons were perfectly happy to pay what, like like $60 million or whatever it was for the next two years just to to let him go. I mean, it's. It, it, I, I'm not expecting a whole lot. And I know we talk about this every couple of weeks, Clay, but talk, speaking about the free agents, like, yeah, Blake Griffin didn't do it to me. I think he's washed. He's nothing like the Clippers, Blake Griffin. But is anybody else? Because I'm hearing P.J. Tucker still. I'm hearing Victor Oladipo, Andre Drummond still out there. Is anybody now that you're seeing more heat play and that, you know, they're kind of coming around to the team we thought they were going to be? Does any of those free agents still pique your, you know, you pique your attention? It's hard. I, I think you're going to have to, you're going to have to be selective because it feels like You've got so many teams in the East, especially, that I, I think feel like they're close, which means 
man, they're all going to be looking to add that piece. The thing that the Heat are going to have to to figure out is, look, they don't have the draft picks that other teams may have to trade. Uh, They have young players and and some young players that they like. So, you know, at what point do you look at this and say, okay, uh, player X is going to be worth giving up a player that we think could be a part of our future? Because, you know, you can't, some of these trades that people come up with on social media, like trading your 11th guy off the bench for some guy that's going to come in and average 15 points a game, like you got to be realistic. So you got to look at a player and say, okay, if this is truly a, a seller's market right now, which it appears to be, are you willing to give up somebody like a Tyler Hero or a Duncan Robinson who may come in and just get a few minutes off your bench or, or may start but may or may not be a, a difference-making type player? Because that's, that's kind of what the market may be looking like right now. So, you know, there are some names that interest me. I, somebody like Rudy Gay, uh, Nemanja Bjelica. I mean, those, those are the types of guys who I think could probably come in and help you out a little bit, but at what cost? And, excuse me, maybe a Harrison Barnes. But, again, you're talking about having to give up somebody who's probably going to be a part of your future, and you're also going to have to pay a lot on that contract. We read yesterday, Ira Winderman did grades for the Miami Heat for the first half of the season. All right, I don't know if you read his column in the Sun Sentinel. Strangely enough, Myers Leonard got a K. Now, what did Ira know before we knew it? Anyway, um, his <laughs> letter grade K incomplete. I N K. Hawkman is just trying. Hawkman is just trying to bring us all down with him. Like I, I can, I yeah, can listen. sense that. Right? <laughs> I can, I can tell you, I can tell you that I'm pretty certain Myers Leonard is not a fan of Juju Smith Schuster. But anywho. These are the these are the letter grades <laughs> that uh, I refuse that... to be associated with. Claire, you should hear, you you should hear what I deal with during the breaks, man. I I just I always leave to get a drink. Hey, re- keep... re- refuse to be associated you... with Myers Leonard, not me. Did you put your resume online? Was that what you did? Just because you know that you could guilt by association you out of this job. <laughs> There's nobody guilty here but Myers Leonard. I think you guys have the story a little wrong. I, I think, I, in, in all honesty, I think Clay is probably fairly representative of most of the public. I don't think a lot of people know what the K word is. Like, I don't, I don't think well, I people know really it, know no, how know offensive. Okay, but I don't, I don't and it, well, here's the thing, though. I, I don't think a top, I mean, when's the last time you've ever heard a Jewish person referred to as that? I, I mean, you just don't hear can, it anymore. Can I tell you, can I tell you honestly, honestly, the story of, of how I know what it is? And this is, this is the honest truth. And this is, this probably goes down the line of the, the stories that we normally tell on this show, because when we try to talk about sports, it gets too boring. When I was a kid, my mom liked to watch the Jerry Springer show. And, and this was when, this was like, right when Jerry Springer started to like rise into uh, you know whatever the empire was that he was for a little while and it was a show about people who had Tourette's syndrome somebody, oh, somebody blurted out blurting it out yes yes right. and and rhyming the Maybe word Myers Leonard as Tourette's <laughs> right and, and rhyming the word with something else and I didn't I didn't know what it meant and my mom had to explain it to me and I was like well that's that's awful but that was that was when I heard about the word, and oh, that stuck go. with me. And so well, whenever have, I have, whenever <laughs> I hear the word, I, the first thing I think of is is that Jerry show Springer. that I watched when I was a kid. I'm going to I'm going to text it to you off the air just just so you know what I'm talking. I'm going to text you exactly what this person with Tourette's syndrome was saying. You can choose to do with it what you want on the air, but yeah, I'll I'll let you know what it what it's. No, I am going to screenshot it and say I can't believe I just got this text from Clay Ferrero. I think he's Team Myers. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> 
This is what I mean. You're going to guilt by association all of us and take us down with you. And that's what I'm uh, trying to avoid here. Wait, I'm get, what I'm getting sidetracked here. So Ira did grades for the Heat for the first half of the season. He only gave one Heat player an A. Do you want to guess who? <sighs> trying to think. Uh, I mean... The first, I mean, the only person that would come to mind, even though he's missed a lot of games, would be Jimmy. Yep. What? No, it was. It was Jimmy Butler. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, I can understand that. I, I do feel like, I think it's a little unfair at times, and this isn't specifically at Ira because it's everybody is saying this, but I think it's a little unfair at times that we kind of forget just what Bam brings to the table because we're, we're kind of wanting more. And I understand that. Like, I, I feel like people see him and they're like, man, you're knocking down that, that mid range. Now you can kind of do what you want on the floor. I, but I, I think sometimes we forget just how much energy he expends doing so much other stuff. And um, so look, I, I'm not trying to like advocate for, for him getting a, a higher letter grade, but I, I feel like we need to at least appreciate that, man, sometimes that man does stuff that, as cliche as it sounds, it's not going to show up in your box score unless you look at the, the plus minus of, of the guys that he's guarding and what they were shooting while he was guarding them. Clay Ferrer with Hawk and Crowder. Always great. Doug Plagans is next. He's always great with the Panthers. Hopefully win. I am Dan Day. You've been great here on 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Later, slug. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.